0: Welcome to Engaging Culture, a podcast presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. I'm Brian Kiley. On today's episode, Pastor Lance Hahn and I are gonna be talking about the Golden Globes. The 2020 Golden Globes happened just this week and we're gonna talk about what can we learn about our culture from what we saw at the Golden Globe Awards. All of that and more on this episode of Engaging Culture. Alright, hi everybody. Welcome to the Engaging Culture Podcast. Brian Kiley here with
1: Lance Hahn and his quarter zip sweater. I—that That is me. That is me. I know it is not a full zip sweater. I don't even understand how most fashion works, but I zip it up a little bit because I think I'm supposed to. And just so we're clear, I'm not yeah. hating on it. It's a very sharp sweater. Thank you very much. I
0: was just looking for something to say. Yeah,
1: no, I appreciate and that. And that's
0: what came to mind. Yeah,
1: well, great. I'm glad that when you look at me, that's what you notice. There you go. Not my stellar personality. I- anyway, hi to everybody. Nice to see you. All those of you that are watching live, that's awesome. I appreciate it. And those of you that make comments, especially comments that are negative towards Brian Kylie. Yeah, those are always welcome <laughs> on our Facebook page and elsewhere. Personal email,
0: also a good spot for those. Anyway, uh, so on today's episode, we are talking about... The Golden Globes. So Golden Globes just happened the other night, and we were talking before the show how last year we did an episode about the Super Bowl, and how the point of doing an episode about the Super Bowl was not necessarily to talk about football, but was to talk about the fact that the Super Bowl is a significant culture event. Yes. Or, or, excuse me, cultural event. So we can learn a lot about our culture's values by observing what takes place in sort of the Super Bowl experience, everything surrounding the Super Bowl itself. Right, right. In a similar manner, uh, we're not necessarily going to be talking about uh, the quality of the different winners and things like that in terms exactly. of the Golden Globes. You could probably speak to that. You're a movie guy. I, I really yes. can't. Not a movie guy right. at all. But there are, there's a lot we can learn about cultural values and what's going on in the world around us, which is important for us to pay attention to as Christians, yeah. by looking at who won, by looking at the various issues that were raised, yeah. and, uh, and, and there's just a lot there. As somebody who, again, I'm not a movie person, but who sort of studied Sunday night's event from a cultural standpoint, right. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there.
1: So to start us off... just. Tell us a little bit real quick,
0: what are the Golden Globes, why do they matter, why do people
1: care? Yeah, it's funny because this year I actually stumbled on them. I was was sitting there with Susie and we just clicked channels and all of a sudden we went, oh, the Golden Globes are on. And it happened to be right at the beginning. So I got a chance to watch a lot of it live. But then I went back, obviously, for this episode and did some different research and learned a couple interesting things. So let's talk about it for a second. The Golden Globes, this is what always threw me off. I was like, what are the Golden Globes versus the Academy Awards? Because I feel like they're all the same thing. So the Golden Globes are movies and TV. They started as just movies. 1944, they started as just movies. They added, in 1955, the TV concept. Now they're known as kind of the TV movie one, and then the Academy Awards are just movies, right? Okay, Yeah. So that's what's a little bit different. Now, the Academy Awards happen first. Those are the Oscars, if you're familiar with that. So that actually started in 1929. It's coming up on its 90th year, I believe. Okay. So... Um, the, the Golden Globes are designed out by a voting body called the Hollywood Foreign Press. Now, I was very confused, and I was sharing bad information on who they were because I didn't know. There are 93 members of uh, journalists that write about the entertainment industries outside of America. So okay. if they're looking in and they're commenting because the majority of entertainment still comes out of America— um, and, I, and I just have to highlight this. I'm a huge entertainment guy. Yeah. I'm a huge movie and TV guy, have been my whole life. And it's not just that I enjoy it. It was woven into how I interacted with my dad, how I interacted with my siblings, yep. and it still does. Um, it's how I interact even with my own family around the table. We'll sit around the table at, at dinnertime. We'll say, oh, did you see that? Or this yep. show brought up this issue. So I'm really, really into it. But I will say that... I believe deeply that the hand that rules Hollywood rules the world. Hmm, yeah. and, and I'm going to say that phrase uh, wherever I go because the influence of media is so powerful. Yep. So think about, like, for example, whenever you hear about um, a movie going out and it says, oh, it made 90 million in America and it made 310 million worldwide. Yeah. The worldwide box office. Yep. What that means is it is massive around the world. All the majority of what is seen about America, which is still a leading influencer in the world, right, is seen through movies and TV. Yep. Okay. So whatever happens in that very small part of the world, yep. which is Hollywood, Southern California, and then where they make movies, which yep. is on location. Yep. That influences topics subjects concepts that's why this is such a big deal to me that we would talk about the golden globes yeah absolutely
0: the the influence of of hollywood both actual literal hollywood california and sort of what it represents what it represents is is undeniable yeah and uh whether you're a a movie person or not whether you watch a lot of television or not it is, it is important to recognize, um, like you said, the hand that rules Hollywood rules yeah, the world. And right. I think it was even interesting, and we'll get into this a little bit later, uh, a number of, of award winners spoke about the formative influence of television yes. in their lives, uh, in much, much the same way that you just did yes. just now, uh, far beyond... I mean, television gets a bad rap, and for for many very legitimate sure. reasons, right? <laughs> sure. But But that it is meaningful... Uh, for good or for ill right. in a lot of different ways. And for that reason, it is it is worth sort of paying attention to or having some knowledge uh, about it if, as Christians, we are going to understand the world in which we live and the culture around us. so Yeah.
1: Uh, so uh, media both reflects and drives culture yes so in one way it is simply a mirror yes that it's talking about just whether you look at what is uh being talked about in music today that's going to reflect what's going on in the culture if we're going to look at and say well what's on tv a lot of it reflects but at the same time it is an influential instrument that can lead because we all know that the influence is strongest on who's telling the story right Right, so if you know, how you've always heard the idea of history will depend on who's telling it. Right, if that will include some pieces and exclude other pieces. Right, um, but if you think about the amount of television that people watch, the amount of movies that they go to, they're spending more time being discipled by Hollywood than they're discipled by anybody else, including parents. Big time, right? Yeah. That so, is absolutely so true. on that, so when I look at the Golden Globes, quite frankly. Um, Once we get into a lot of the different awards and the commercials and everything, I I just, I get bored, right? (laughs) So I really love the intro monologues. I love the acceptance speech. I love the big awards. I love those types of things. Yeah but I can't really go through a three-hour Golden Globes. <laughs> One of the biggest things that uh, Ricky Gervais was yes. constantly highlighting this year was how long yes. that show is. And he's like, this could all be yeah. done in a half hour. <laughs> and they right. kept dragging it out. Yes, that is, that is that is
0: certainly true. And it was pretty funny, yes, hearing the host of the show, uh, pretty much from the jump, Yes, uh, as I work in a sports reference to our thing about movies, <laughs> right. but from, from the beginning... Uh, essentially, bemoaning what a long and drawn out and boring affair it was, really? which is an odd thing for the host of the program to yes. say. Uh, so, so that gets us into kind of our first subject here, yeah. and that is let's talk a little bit about Ricky Gervais. He is a uh, comedian, a provocateur, uh, if you will. Yeah. And he was hosting the Golden Globes for the fifth time. Yes. What did you make of his whole "I don't care"? because uh, yeah. that was very prevalent in the Yeah, so
1: it, he kept joking that he was, he's like, listen, this is the last time I'm doing this, it's a fifth time, and he always goes up there with like a beer, yeah. right, so it looks like he's just drinking it throughout the whole night, and he was playing off, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Well, that was just his stick, right. right? Right. I mean, it's, does he really care? Kind of. I mean, it's a very lucrative job. Sure. Right? So I'm sure he likes the job. Yeah. But- that was kind of his thing, is messing around. I don't really care about that. What it means is, I'm about to drop some bombs, and if you have a concern about it, don't even come to me with it. Right. So it was a little bit of a wall-up. Now, yeah. in my opinion, what Ricky Gervais and usually any of the hosts do is actually the most insightful piece of the entire evening. So I, I want to sit for a moment with his yeah. his jokes, his monologues. So, Absolutely. A real quick thing about uh, humor Humor is a way that I've always coped with life and uh-huh. to me if there's not a lot of humor in it I get I get bored pretty easy. Yep, me too. Um just in life. And so it's a de-stressor for me. Mm-hmm. So I have always had high regard for humor. Certain yeah. types of humor I enjoy more than others. Like some people are into slapstick, some people are into the witty things, some sure. people are into dry humor. But what I've always done is I've looked through what a comedian is trying to say. Because the commentary that they make is very, very powerful. Now, many people are turned off immediately either by the controversy Mm -hmm. or the language or the crassness that's used. And don't get me wrong. If you go back and there are some people that, that listen to this show and watch us record this, that you're... This would offend you in a very (laughs) significant way. He uses different, you know, they have to bleep out language and, and he's super crass. Yeah. So instead of, for me anyway, I can just say for me, for me... I actually look through all of that and I'm looking at the content of what is being talked about. Yeah. And to me, it is super powerful. Right. It's the same way, I think, in other podcasts we've talked about the power of rap music. Yep. The power of country lyrics. Yeah. The power of, in music, when they start talking about really deep things, but they're masking it with a lot of foul language or whatever, people dismiss it. And you go, whoa, 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 hold on. Yeah. You just missed a huge issue, right? Yeah, if we're, if if we're allowing that to dismiss it outright,
0: uh, you're absolutely right. We miss what is, uh, you know, kind of what is being said, and that there is an there is an important message. And I think even on some level behind Ricky's, I don't care. Yeah. Shtick. I think you're absolutely right. It's a bit of a wall to kind of yeah. just let critics know. Like, listen, think what you want. I'm, I'm not. I yeah. don't, I'm not going to engage with that. But, but I also think that there's even something in that yes. that it almost opens a doorway for him to speak a little bit more honestly. Oh, yeah. And it, uh, and that sort of paved the way for several of the the jokes that he made, where he really went after a lot Everybody. of people, right? And and some of it was the silly thing where he's saying, you know, baby Yoda is sitting at the table with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and he goes, oh, whoops, that's Joe Pesci. That's Joe Pesci, right? Uh, <laughs> right. But he also uh, made a lot of, of significant comments on sort of different cultural yeah. issues. So uh, I have a few that, that, things that he said. I, I, I want to maybe start with you, though. W- what
1: was maybe a joke that he said or yeah. maybe something that he brought up that was interesting or powerful to you? Well, uh, so kind of setting the tone, he said this phrase. He said, if you win an award tonight, don't use it as a platform to make a political speech. Yeah. He's basically said, thank your God, thank your agent, and get out of here. Yeah. Right? And everybody kind of laughed. And then he added to it, he said, you are in no position. Any of you in this room, to lecture the public about anything, you know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. (laughs) Um, Now, obviously, he took this big mirror and shined it right back at Hollywood. And he said, the fact that we are all, and he didn't talk about this, but I don't know if you noticed recently, Rose McGowan made a very inflammatory tweet or post I about seen that no yeah so Rose McGowan is an actress right and she became it went viral because she posted out this huge thing that said Iran don't kill us uh we're being held hostage by okay. Trump yeah. and, and it was so okay the fact that an actress could make a statement about something happening politically and it's everywhere shows you the power of Hollywood yep right Yep. So he then grabs it, and he's making fun of the fact that everybody wants to legitimize themselves and put on a stamp of, I'm for this issue, this issue, this issue. Yep. I'm going to talk about politics, politics, politics. And you go, you're an actor, right? Right. right. Now, that doesn't mean they can't have opinions. Right. I think that sports figures are allowed to have opinions, too. Right. But when there becomes a self-importance yeah. thing, he started poking fun at that right off the bat. Yeah. And he's like, listen— just do what you do, quit trying to be more than you are, right. which I thought was rather interesting to a very self-important group. Yeah.
0: Okay. So there are a few aspects of that that are, in, that are interesting to me that, that I want to talk about. Okay. So first of all, the whole, uh, hey, don't use your platform to make a, a political speech thing. Right. Okay. Uh, fine. I get that there are lots of people that tune into these things and would rather not hear celebrities advocate for causes that they care sure. about. But this is what drives me crazy about the whole... Uh, hey, you're an athlete. Just stick to what you do. Right. Or, hey, you're a you're a uh, you're an entertainer. Is this is how I understand? Is how I'm supposed to react when a celebrity makes a statement about a controversial issue? If I agree with them, I am supposed to applaud them for their courage to speak out right. and to be brave. Yes. If I disagree with them, it's like, oh yeah, fun, yeah, Yeah. Stick with what you're doing. Just stop it. And it is that is to right. me so small it and, and narrow minded. Yeah. And that's what drives me crazy. Is that listen? You mean to tell me that all of these concerns. Conservative people that are just all up and, ah, oh, we hate Hollywood. Stop telling us what you think and just get your award and get off. Yeah. You mean to tell me that they'd be saying the same thing if Hollywood was super conservative? Right. Nope. Nope. They wouldn't. Yeah. Now, if you would, and you're in the minority who can actually, like, think objectively about these things, right. good on you. Yeah. And would liberals be celebrating the courage of all of these people in Hollywood <laughs> right. if they if they were speaking about conservative? No, no, they wouldn't. No. So, I just, the whole, now, Ricky Gervais is making a joke, so I'm yes. not saying this to be critical of him. I'm no. saying this to be critical of the, like, just people who get all bent out of shape because, oh, we don't like that it's political. No, that is nonsense. You don't like it because it challenges your (laughs) beliefs. And rather than actually have your beliefs challenged, you just want to shut down the whole thing. So that's the end of my rant on that. Yes. So here's my, here's my other thing though, is, okay. So to get back to what exactly he said, he made a pretty, he, he, okay. Here's here. here, I'm just going to read this directly from transcript. He says Apple roared into the TV game with the morning show, a superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. Well, you say you're and and then people, you know, reacted. And then he says to the, to, to the people in the room, he says, "Well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, uh, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney, if Isis started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you?" <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is funny. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, and then it's you know he funny. goes on and makes the Greta Thunberg joke. Yes, uh, and and sort of the crescendo of all of that was the part that you you referenced. So if you win, come up, accept your little award, yes. thank your agent and your god, and well, get out, edit, go away. And <laughs> right. So his so his his. The, the point in that is sort of interesting to me, where it's like, okay, he's basically saying, listen, you're all a bunch of hypocrites, because you're working for right. these huge companies yeah. that are doing terrible things in the world, so don't tell us about being a good person. Right. If I could just boil it down. To oh, sentences. yeah. And then there was also the thing about the Hollywood foreign press, out of concern for climate change, yes. uh, which is a very real issue and a very pressing concern in the sure. world, uh, had a plant-based meal, Yes. but then also imported flowers from ecuador and italy right. to be in the room so this is, I'm, I'm raising a bunch of different issues here but my my where i wrestle with this is first of all yes the hypocrisy of the flowers versus the meal is funny to me but the question is like okay what qualifies us to speak about issues that ma- do how perfect does my like moral yes. life have to be before i'm allowed to speak into anything issues Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, that's where I... So, is it... I don't know. What do, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I, th- I do think that, that some things are weighted. I do think that um, people that are experts in an area, when they comment on something, I think it should have more weight than somebody that is flippantly commenting on sure. something. I mean, I, I, that's, that's just a wisdom piece. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, people that are observing, that can just have a, an opinion by saying, listen, I'm seeing a general truth... I'm allowed to comment on that. I don't think they should be just shut down right. just because they're not an expert. Right. Then then everybody just walks around very silent. And I, yeah. I don't think that that's how we develop and discern how to live. Right. right? So I, I think a lot of people need to talk. I, I do think that hypocrisy does shut down, at least for me, a desire to hear that person speak more yeah if, if i feel like somebody now remember hypocrisy is not inconsistency right i i think that the fact that there's inconsistency in terms of the flowers versus the meal and yeah. that kind of thing there was an inconsistency there it yeah. was probably two different groups uh-huh. that were in charge of those things right but hypocrisy means you've put on a mask right meaning you're doing an intentional uh leading astray right when i Feel that, and I feel like somebody's playing me. Yeah, then I'm not going to listen to their opinion as much. So yeah. I do think hypocrisy has an impact. Sure, and I, but I think I think that's a, a helpful uh, kind of delineation you made there between hypocrisy
0: and inconsistency. Yeah, on some level, we'll, we're all inconsistent. we all inconsistent, and, yes. and and many of us are 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 doing things unknowingly that violate the very you know moral ideas that we would stand for, right? But yep. it's one thing to purposefully, yeah. Oh, hey, I you know. <laughs> I I just thought of a dumb fresh prince of bel-air reference oh, that I'm not wow. going to share cuz it's stupid done. but uh, restraint is good a good edit. thing um but I think that that issue of of yeah if if you are going to make statements and and you are going to make them publicly in a large setting there does need to be some manner of care given to okay Am I backing up what I'm saying yes. or am I opening myself up to the charge of hypocrisy? Now, now, what bugs me sometimes is that when a statement will be made by somebody or, or an issue will be raised and rather than grappling with that issue, critics will then say, well, wait, what about the way you think about this? Yes. Right? Like uh, Steve Kerr, the coach of the Golden State Warriors, just right. raised issues about uh, the truthfulness of presidents in times of war, which I, I don't know. like presidents lie when wars are going on like it's just a fa- like it's just the truth it's been true forever like that is a very non-controversial idea to me uh, but critics have come after him for, for saying that now with all the Iran stuff going on uh, and they've said well hey why didn't you speak up more with issues related to China like that's a fair criticism to say why didn't he speak up more on issues related to China? But that's not what he's talking about right here, right? And I think that can be problematic.
1: But no, for sure. Uh, so jumping back for a second into um, the power of what Ricky Gervais was talking about is if you listen to it carefully. He basically was rehashing the year's news. Yes. Right? So he would do a rapid fire joke, 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 joke. And what he was doing is recapping all the uncomfortable things. So, for example, he said, I arrived in a limo today. My license plate was made by Felicity Huffman. And he meant that she was in jail. Right? That is the college scandal. Right? So you had somebody that was paying money and bribing a way in to get their kids into a fancy college. So he immediately makes that joke. Well- uh, remember, she's tied to Hollywood. Her right. husband is is an, is a big actor, yep. right? And she's a, I believe she's an actor as well. I can't even yep. remember. Yep. Um, but the other thing is, and he mentions Jeffrey Epstein. Yep. He said, you know, and at the end of this uh, movie or TV show, the guy didn't really kill himself, just like Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Which, of course, highlights the fact that people were saying, here's a pedophile that was put into jail. He dies while they're supposed to be watching him oh my gosh, what was the thing going on there? Right. But he does it in one line. Yeah. And everybody all of a sudden goes back and they go, wow, that was a cultural reference. Yeah. Right? And there are layers to it. There's right. a layer everywhere. Yeah. That's what I find so brilliant. Yeah. Is that, and then he said- oh, you guys are all just mad because you had to find your own way here. Like, you didn't take Jeffrey's plane. <laughs> Meaning, they've all been in cahoots yeah. with this guy for a long time. Right. And, um, and then he did, even in his joking, so a lot of what happened during it was a roasting. Right. You roast people. T- now, in a roast, you're just supposed to insult people in a witty way. That's all a roast is, right? Well, he did this one, and he said, um, uh, like, for example, he said to Leonardo DiCaprio, he said... You were part of he said the movie you were in was almost 3 hours. By the time you finished the premiere, his girlfriend was now too old for him to date. Okay. And then so we could just leave it there and and he was poking fun cuz really he's calling him out right. for being so such an older gentleman dating such young girls. Younger women, but yeah. then he take it one step further yep. and he said even Prince Albert is saying <laughs> buddy back off you're almost 50. <laughs> Well, Prince Albert was tied to the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing, and so there's all these layers, yeah. and he is blasting yep. Hollywood people and calling out their garbage. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, do not play like you're not a part of all this. Right. You're a part of the news. Yeah. So I, I, I find that, you know, to people that obviously weren't in the room, we're, we're uproariously laughing sure. because we're going, oh, dang, that must yeah. have hurt, right? Yeah, yeah. But these people are in the room. Right, they're right in front of them. <laughs> and um, so anyway, it's gutsy, man. It's <laughs> it is is really gutsy, but it's
0: it's smart humor too. Like it's yeah. it's humor that's point. Now, okay. So I want to talk about one other element of his of his monologue, and and uh, certainly your opinion on this subject as someone who watches more movies than me as yeah. carries more weight than I than than mine. But he uh, he referenced uh, Martin Scorsese. And Martin Scorsese, who is a brilliant uh, filmmaker, right? And he says, again, quoting, Martin Scorsese made news for his controversial comments about the Marvel franchise. He says they're not real cinema and they remind him about theme parks. And then he goes on to make a joke about Martin Scorsese. Why is he hanging out in theme, theme parks? But my, my right. question I want to ask is we are in this sort of interesting age right now where there's tons of superhero movies, yes. tons of Marvel movies. Like, yeah. I mean, sequels on top of sequels and all these different yes. characters are getting their own movie. Not only am I not a movie guy, I'm not a Marvel guy. So right. we're just having like layers of disinterest for me here. <laughs> but these movies obviously do extremely well. Yes. What does it tell us about
1: our culture? Yeah.
0: That these types of superhero movies are so wildly popular.
1: Yeah, um so of course I am a Marvel guy, yeah. right everybody knows that. Um in, in a variety of ways. So this just adds into the intensity for me. Yeah. It, um in my opinion that the idea of craving heroes. Uh-huh. Um has always been in humanity. Yeah. We always need heroes. Yeah. We need hope, we need belief, we need these types of things. But in times of difficulty, heroes are more needed. So, mm. interestingly enough, and this is what I found out in my research. Yeah. So, interesting timeline that the Golden Globe started in 1944. Kay. What was going on was it was the World yeah. War II. Yeah. And they literally started it by saying, "We are all so down. Hmm. We need to get our eyes on something else." That's positive, we need to get our eyes onto something entertaining that's not so heavy. We're going to start highlighting movies. Interesting. Which is really fascinating that it was based on let's restore the hero in times of difficulty. Yeah. So when you have these Marvel franchises and heroes just change form, the the Marvel superhero is the overt hero of right now. Yeah. That will change again. Right. Right. For a long time it was the dirty, hairy. A uh, vigilante hero, right? It was kind of the anti-hero, yeah. And then for a while, it was a Cinderella type hero, yeah. And then it w- right, so it will always shift, yeah. Right now, I think in a divide divided nation where mm. everybody is really struggling, one of the things that superheroes do is either they're Captain America, where they're embodying a nation being proud of something, yeah, or they're worldwide yeah so for example, you'll have Captain Marvel who um, that was that's a female mm-hmm. now in this uh, in this genre yeah and she guards the universe uh-huh. meaning it's not about one country. Yeah. it's a bigger world picture and beyond our world into the solar system. Yeah. So you have heroes watching over Earth collectively Hmm. and you go there's something in there when you're talking about climate change and you're talking about divisiveness and you're talking about political wars and you're talking right right heroes make things safer yeah and you can start cheering for something as opposed to always being disappointed in something. Right. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right about
0: that. And I think that, that is that is interesting. And and it, it is especially interesting to go back and, and look at, like you said, how it started in the in the forties where we needed heroes in a in a very different and, and certainly a, a time in world history that was yes. tragic tragic and, and, and obviously difficult. Um, I wonder also in the midst obviously yes, we're we're divided and different and I think there's something to be said for hey, I want to I wanna take a break from the heavy stuff and just go watch right. something that's not gonna gonna you know challenge my opinions or, or where I'm having to defend myself in different things. And certainly I can I can resonate with it. I mean, part of why I watch sports right, yes, is, right. is for that same same thing. Uh, but I also wonder uh, beyond just the divisiveness in our culture. I, I think the isolation in our culture yes. as well. That there's something in us that uh, I mean, depression's on the rise, anxiety's on the rise, and lots of studies show this has to do with isolation and too much time on screens and, right. and, and everything else. I, I almost wonder if if it's also, our, our superhero—the superhero niche right now—is reflective of a, of a desire to sort of be part of a bigger story that gets us outside of ourselves a little bit. Um, which I think, obviously, very there's thickly, big time. Which I think there's certainly crossover within. You, know, you talk about these movies versus kind of the Christian story and 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 Jesus's invitation for us to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Right. I, I almost wonder if there's a there's an impulse that God has placed in our hearts that. That is, and I don't say this to criticize the movies. I think the movies are fine, but it's almost like part of why these hero movies are so popular is because of something God has placed in our hearts to be part of something bigger than ourselves, where we can really follow a superhero who is who is beyond us. I, I don't know.
1: Okay, well, there's okay, there's an even more overt thing than that. So one of the biggest franchises right now is Avengers, uh-huh. and the other big one that was right before that was the X Men. Yeah. And what those are both based on the premise of is people that are different finding family. They come together in a team. No one else understands them. And it's so heavy that in the movies, they will go through something difficult. They will be tempted to isolate. And one of the other members comes out and brings them in. So the whole concept of togetherness and we have to do this, not alone, and I'm going to lift you up when you're down, that is a major theme in all of those Marvel movies. So it is a direct reference to a craving to belong. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's huge. Um, Let me go on to a a couple other things. Um, Another thing that he poked fun at that I thought was absolutely brilliant is he said? He goes now. He goes. Well, this year they wanted to do a memoriam section about people that had passed <laughs> oh away, gosh. and he said. And I looked at the list of who had died this last year, and it was not diverse enough. It was a bunch of white people, and I thought, oh no, not on my watch. Like, and it, and he was poking fun of the idea of who had died wasn't diverse enough right. and of course nobody chooses to die and right. so him making this whole comment about saying we're all so sensitive to diversity yeah. and the whole thing of you know we're putting everything up on a pedestal <laughs> it's yeah. like God, even enough uh, colored people weren't dying i mean yeah. it's literally what he's trying to say they're right. all white right and so he's like well i'm not doing that then that type of humor to point out, wow, we are super sensitive yeah. on this, these issues and we will cut out massive things just to try to accommodate. Right now. Do I think that we need to talk about racial tensions and eth- of course yeah. I talk about them here at the church. Totally. I have a huge part of my ministry that's invested in that, yeah. but I still love the poking fun right. to go. Come on. At some point, certain things get a little extreme. Right,
0: And when, when you're,
1: I want to say this correctly,
0: when you're, Seeking diversity in sort of an artificial way, then it's like that's yes. not real. I don't, I, that's not really seeking diversity. Now, I right. think you could make the argument that that the reason why, I mean, and obviously he's joking. The reason why the in memoriam section was all white people is because we've just paid attention to white people this right. whole time. Yes, but uh, yes, I thought it was a it was a it was a pretty funny uh, funny jab <laughs> he made it. That if you're making jokes about the people who died Ugh. montage.
1: Yeah, oh, he
0: that's some skill and some. I mean, just nothing is sacred. I
1: guess but. totally. Uh, now, um, going into uh, kind of a, a short list of different issues that were highlighted. Yes, right. So one of them that you're always going to see highlighted um, in the Hollywood world is the LGBTQ issue, yes. right? Because that is a place where not only is it and has it been historically embraced, yeah, um, in an increasing fashion. But it is now something they're very, very proud of. Yes. So, for example, two big awards were given out uh, at the Golden Globes. Yeah. One of them was to Tom Hanks, which I right. believe was a Cecil B. DeMille yes. award. And then one was given to Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. And in that, what was intriguing was her acceptance speech, first of all, super witty. Yeah. She's brilliant, yeah. by the way. Uh-huh. But it was interesting because she talked a lot about people know her. Right. Once again, talking about this loneliness and isolation, she brought up this issue and she goes, I just love that you guys all know me. And then she goes, I'd like to thank my (laughs) husband, Mark, and the two kids. You need to go to bed. And of course, she doesn't have any. She's a lesbian married to another woman. Right. And so she was highlighting out that, you know, me so well that, you know, I have a traditional family. Oh, no, I don't. So she was pointing that out. She talked about she had a sitcom and lost it when she came out of the closet. Yeah. When she revealed that she was LGBTQ, she lost her job. Right. And so it shows it wasn't that long ago when there wasn't quite the affirmation publicly. Right. There always was behind closed doors. Right. But then she explained, you know, now she's a megastar very clearly yeah. as an LBG. Oh, man. <laughs> I keep getting those wrong. I gotcha. LGBTQ. There you go. go. Okay. Anyway, but here's the other thing that was interesting. Uh-huh. The movie Rocketman won a number of acclaim, uh, awards, and specifically a key award in the Golden Globes. Right. But they brought out Elton John and Bernie Toppen. Yeah. Um, and Elton John walked out and he said, we have something very rare in Hollywood, which yeah. is you know, super interesting because yeah. the amount of homosexuality in Hollywood is so thick yeah. that everyone was like, what you are know, you like- talking about? And he goes, we have a 52-year marriage. Mm-hmm and it just it kind of caused everybody to gasp of course yeah. he was highlighting one issue while poking at the infidelity and the the constant failure of marriages in Hollywood. Right. And he was going, listen, for those that are challenging me, and this is the underlying tone, sure. for those that would challenge me and say, I'm not traditionally in a marriage. My marriage has lasted longer than the traditional marriage. There's all this heavy commentary yeah. that was dropped in one bomb. Yeah. So this is why when you watch it, it's not just about movies and TV. Yep. There's all these layers of commentary going on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. that was no, my no. Thought.
0: You're absolutely right, and it and it is it is powerful to 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 hear somebody get up in that room right and talk about a 50 year plus marriage. And I think um you know, I want to talk about Tom Hanks in a minute, so I'm just going to leave that there. But I want I want to go back to Ellen DeGeneres and, and Kate McKinnon who introduced her. Which Kate McKinnon, uh, her range as an actress, we got
1: to give her props
0: unbelievable. Uh, I watch Saturday Night Live every once in a while, and just the range of characters that she portrays yeah, she's so is smart. stunning to me. So her ability, and I'm not saying anything about what she stands for, her ideology, any of that. I'm talking strictly her, her ability as an actress is, is remarkable to yeah. me. Um, I thought that her introduction of Ellen was powerful, and I think speaks to some of the power of media. Now, we've talked about Issue, LGBTQ issues on this podcast. We did a whole series here at Bridgeway, um, and we're pretty clear where we're stand, we stand. Where we where we stand in the sense that we're not affirming. In the sense that we believe that that lifestyle is God's best for. Uh, humanity right however we also want to say we want to make sure that people who are in that lifestyle are cared for and loved and certainly yes. issues like suicide and depression in that community are of significant concern Absolutely. right and we want and, and I thought it was so powerful to me to hear Kate reflect on her her life as a young person figuring out her own identity and then being able to see Ellen on the screen and, and kind of realize like okay maybe there's a place for me in the world which We can agree or disagree on people's choices, we can agree or disagree on the way people choose to live their lives, and and I think there's room for that, and room for confidence, but what I would hope we would say is, unless we're talking about people that are like, well, I saw a murderer on TV and thought I can go murder people, you know, unless we're talking about people that are really being destructive, I, I would hope that we could celebrate the fact that a person who was struggling, because yes. she was clear that she was struggling, was able to see somebody struggling in public right. and draw some inspiration from that and to realize maybe there's a place for me in the world. Like To me, that's really powerful. And yes. again, agree, disagree with, with with Ellen and what she stands for and with Kate. That level of,
1: okay, maybe there's a place for me.
0: I found that to be very
1: moving. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, a couple other things that got brought up, climate change was brought up a number of different times yes. in different ways, mm. mostly through the wildfires of Australia. Yep. So that was a, a concept that was brought up a lot. Um Sam Mendes, in in his short talk yep. ended up talking about war. Yep. Um he's saying, Listen, my grandfather was in war. And that was a horrible time. I hope that never happens again. Well, of Mm -hmm. course, he's commenting on current political activity, predominantly with Iran. Sure. Right? That type of thing. Um, Michelle Williams talked about equal rights for women, Mm -hmm. equal pay, and the right to choose. Now, I read an article on this about how kind of odd and um, not necessarily hypocritical, but um, in— Inconsistent, that Michelle. There's a bunch of weird things that go on with her life about choosing and infidelity and adultery and all kinds of. It was just very odd. Sure, sure. But she was bringing out the issue of of equal pay. Now in 2017, Ricky Gervais hosted, I believe, as well. Uh And in one of his things about monologue, is he said he goes, uh, "We really need to talk about the issue of equal pay." Uh, And he said, which you know, I don't know if that's necessarily true because. Uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, who hosted last year, are making the same as me. Now, <laughs> and he goes, "Now that's together." And they just wanted to split it. That's fine. That's fine. And he's just being, it's, And he goes, uh, "It's true." Yeah. At the end, like just going, "No, no, no." Seriously, right. that really happened. Yeah. And he, it's that funny way, but yet bringing up such a sensitive issue of saying, "Wow." we still don't have equality. Yeah, when it come, That has been a big issue. If you want to know what, and you go, well, it's what the liberal thing. If you want to know what is a big deal on, or concerns for the liberal side and view of the world, mm-hmm. you can watch a show like this. It will highlight them one after the other. Right. And it goes, this is a concern. This is a concern. This is a concern. Now, whether or not you go, I don't like the liberal agenda. I don't like a democratic ticket. I don't like whatever right. you think, look at the issue and go, is something wrong here? Yeah. And and the reality for me is I I, I champion that idea of going, listen, I desperately want equal pay for an equal job between women and men. That's something that's personal to me. I don't happen to have a big liberal agenda. I don't happen to be a big Democrat. But I just look at issues, and I went, "Man, I love that they're highlighting that this matters." Wait, you mean to tell me you can like care about issues
0: (laughs) and not just be totally influenced by loyalty to a political party? Imagine.
1: Imagine that.
0: Yeah, and well, and it's, and I agree with you. I mean, I think that you, I, I, I know nothing about Michelle Williams. I. Couldn't even have right. told you who she was before watching her her speech. Uh, I'm not with her on the pro-choice thing, like, at all. Sure. And and that was ultimately the crescendo of her speech. So totally disagree with her on that right. issue. Uh, however, everything up to that point, yes. I, I thought, was powerful and moving. And the idea of even her speaking to women, and, yes. I, and I'm, I'm going to assume that she's very liberal. So uh, it is what it is, and I'm not meaning to endorse that. By any means, or, sure. or any other agenda, but I think just that message to women of saying like, listen, men have sort of made the world in their yes. own image for a really long time, yes, and that has created some problems for us as women. So women, let's try to cre- create a world that looks more like us. I, that was even, so good, even as a as a male, right, to, to see and I, who recognizes the need for that. Yes. I, I thought that was a really powerful statement for her for her to make and again I'm not going to endorse a political side in this but I think to say whatever wherever you want to vote ideologically to say that, yeah, we're in a place in society. Women, we need to do more to get women equal pay. We need to have women right. who are Republicans and Democrats who are who are representing us more at high levels of government. Uh, that's an important issue, yes. and I'm glad that she raised that. Yeah,
1: it's appropriate respect. Yeah. Um. The last thing uh, on this issue, and we we don't have to go out on all the issues. Um. We can go back. You know, I do have a couple comments on um kind of what I think the bigger picture is on who wins and why right. stuff yeah. like that. Sure. But, uh, Patricia Arquette um she said i let us all vote this this next coming election so that we give our kids a better world so that was one yeah. other issue so kind of the reason hopefully if you have continued on in this podcast with us, you realize the Golden Globes aren't just about movies. Right. I mean, it is brought up so many hot topics and yeah. all these different things that it it's so much bigger yeah. than that. Anyway, I just yeah. wanted to highlight that was another no, one that, I saw. That's absolutely that's absolutely true. So I, I want to talk
0: about uh I, I mentioned him a minute ago. I want to talk about Tom Hanks. Yeah, please do. Who even though I don't watch a lot of movies, I've seen a lot of Tom Hanks movies because he's been in a lot of movies. Yes. And, he's and I did not watch his speech. Uh, he's obviously incredible as as an actor. Well, uh, he's had this unbelievable career in Hollywood, a list on top of a list. Uh, you know, yes. one of the biggest names. And and what I what I love there's so much I loved about his his speech is that uh, first of all he got up and he talked immediately about his family. Yes. And he talked about his wife and five kids. And he acknowledged that he has work that takes him away and, and they put up with him being gone a lot. But at the end of the day, he just he just said, you know, how, how lucky you could possibly be. Uh, a, a man is blessed with a family sitting down front like that. A wife who is fantastic in every way, who has taught me what love is. Five kids who are braver and stronger and wiser than their old man and a loving group of people who have put up with me, et cetera, et cetera. I just thought that was amazing. You know, you talk about yeah. again with all with all of the sort of the, the the philandering and relational instability and everything like that right. that happens in Hollywood. That we're able to celebrate a man who uh, cares deeply about his family. I thought was very powerful a and very- was really wonderful to hear. And then I love that here is this guy who could be if there was ever somebody who could just be like I'm entitled to kind of everything. Yeah. He talked about doing the work and caring. He talked about being an actor who shows up on time and doesn't making some, you know, uh, assistant come and knock on your door and say, hey, we're ready for you now. He talked about hard work and about doing things the right way. And to me, whether we're talking about movies or politics or sports or any other sort of public setting, those are the sorts of people who I want to champion, who care about doing the work, who care about doing things the right way, who don't think they're better than anybody, who invest in their families. And it was... And even he got choked up and he blamed it on he had a cold and was taking medicine, so he right. blamed it on the cold medicine. But just the emotion in that was really, really moving. And of all the different speeches I watched and articles I read, that to me was one of the most powerful elements of the whole night.
1: No, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you.
0: Okay, so what else do you got? What, what else do you want to talk about? Here? Anyway,
1: just uh, just one one final thing is that when I talk about that movies and everything both comment on society and lead Society. So, yep. for example, um, one of the big things about the emergence of uh, a viewpoint towards um, LGBTQ is all of a sudden you started seeing characters show up in different TV shows. Yep. Um, that was commenting that they exist out there yep. and they were trying to give them a certain voice. Right. But then, but you realize if there's a, a group of four and one of them, that's 25%. Well, that's not reflective of society. So they weren't merely mirroring. Right. They were leading out and saying, this needs to be accepted. Sure. So they're making comments. Yes. Well, in the same way, I feel that those who win, mm-hmm. the awards are given to certain things. And I don't think, as much as it would be nice to believe that everybody was only doing it off the – artistic integrity, um, I don't think everyone that wins wins always for the reason that theirs was either the best movie or they did the best job. Totally. No question. Um, uh, there are a lot of them that are. Like, for example, I don't know necessarily if there was a big... The best picture this year was 1917, yep. which is a World War One film. Right. I'm not so sure there was a big meaning behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, for example, the best picture was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have best picture drama and best picture comedy or musical uh once upon a time in hollywood is a is kind of a history of the 60s and the 70s trying to go back through hollywood well it was very self-serving there was it was all about hollywood so i don't think it was like this is the best um it's not a great movie it's (laughs) it's really boring um uh is it acted well yes i mean are there uh, interesting things about it yeah but it's really not that great of a film. But it was Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And they also have a certain place of going, well, we didn't get you last year. We'll get you this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's sure. always that. Yeah. But the part that I find interesting is if you'll notice a bunch of different things being highlighted together. Uh-huh. So, for example, you'll go, okay, there's a lot of these movies that have this theme Mm-hmm. they always win. Hmm. Yeah. That's the part that's a little bit odd. I even went yeah. back to 2019 and 2018 and was looking at all the winners of yeah. the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes, and there's themes right. that kind of go through. And you go, if it's that thick of a theme, it's probably not that just the movie was great. Oh, sure. They were pushing something that they went, we want to affirm that. Yeah. So we're going to give it props.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely
1: true. I mean, is that, uh, is that a problem in your in your in your view, I mean, I, okay, so yeah. it is it is a problem in my view. Yeah. Um, now you go well. That's because they don't always necessarily promote the things that you're into. We could say that, but honestly, for me, it's about the integrity because I love movies so much. Yeah. To me, it's a violation of the integrity of going. Right. Can you just call the best work the best work? Right. Can you call the best movie? Uh, for example, this year, um, it was best animated film, uh-huh. right? And so it had Toy Story 4, which was one of the highest Grossing movies of all time. Yep. And Frozen 2. And they gave the award to Missing Link that no one saw. <laughs> and I didn't yeah. even bother seeing it. And I'm a huge fan of animated films. Yeah. Uh, now, was it a good movie? Sure. I, I'm, I'm assuming Maybe. it is. Maybe. Yeah. It was, it, I don't know. It won an award. It probably what wasn't I'm terrible. telling you is, yeah. is it the best animated film of the entire year? You have these huge, yeah. massive works with the best, you know. And that's the kind of stuff that you go, ah, I just wish they would actually give it. And this is the same way going back to your realm. Mm -hmm. When awards are given for Hall of Fame or whatever and all this stuff, there's always these asterisks everywhere. You know what I mean? On all the sports stuff. It's kind of like you're handing out an award, but you know that they're going, ah, I'll give a nod to your guy this time. Uh, You do it for my guy this time. There's always these give and take things. Yeah, there's
0: this whole sort of internal politics that that's around yeah. it, and that, I agree. That with bums you. me. I
1: agree out. with you. I think that, and, and I, you know, I asked. Do you see
0: it as a problem? And I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's. A, I think it's yeah. a big problem. Um, I, the, I think that maybe this is a little cynical. I think the sad reality is I don't know that it's a solvable problem because no. on, on some level we're all taking our own biases into yes. analyzing pretty much anything. But you're right, I, I, and I agree with you. I wish that we could have a little bit more faith that okay is. Uh, so, for example, if I go see a Best Picture winner for right. the Academy Awards or the Golden Globes, am I going to walk out thinking, man, that was an incredible movie? Yes. I- I don't have a huge level of confidence in that. Now, you might just say, well, that's because you're uncultured and can't follow a deep and moving story. Maybe that's <laughs> true. But maybe it's because we're giving these awards to right. uh, to movies in part. Now, is it good to acknowledge movies that are promoting important causes? Sure. But does that make it right. the best movie, kind of to your point?
1: Yeah. No, I don't think it does. I like the integrity of awards. But the other problem is, it depends. When you say something is the best, yeah. how biased... Does it have to be because what is the best what do you mean the best so for example i um uh one of the big award winners recently was the one that was filmed in sacramento um ladybird ladybird yeah uh i could not i couldn't (laughs) hang with it at all i thought it was horrible and i only saw portions of it and i gave up and i don't ever give up on movies and funny okay now artistically and that's the problem, is yeah. it all depends on who's watching the film. Right. Because some people artistically were going, well, this was shattering all these different stereotypes of different things, and this was breaking through, yeah. and it was showing a gritty side, and it was saying that it was film not in one of the normal locations. The art of it, yeah. I think, is what ultimately got the attention. Yeah. And I think that that's good. Yeah. Um, but you can have all the pieces right and still go, wow, I that did not impact my life, did not change anything. You go, what was not made for you? Right. Okay. So what's yeah. the best? Yeah.
0: Well, and that's, I mean, that's the subjectivity of art, right? Yes, like what is. What, what is good music? We don't yes. all agree on that. What is a good yeah. movie? We don't, I mean, now there are certainly principles we can, you yes. know, that, that would that would make for good art and good movies and everything else. But yeah, we're not,
1: what, what you right. think
0: is great might not be what yes. I think is great and vice versa, yes. which, you know.
1: Well, and I don't think it should be biased on my view of great. Totally. I think that would be a mistake. Yeah. If it was like, if I constantly looked at it and was like, oh, all my favorite movies won. Right. I would say something's wrong. Right. Something's biased. <laughs> what i'm merely saying is that when you start seeing distortion themes yep that's the part that gets me yep
0: yeah no absolutely so uh so yeah i mean did you see that in in, in and i'm did you see that in, reflected in who won different awards i i think from my standpoint as a outsider to the kind of that world it certainly seemed like you did and sure. yeah it is a little bit of a bummer but i don't again i don't
1: yeah. I don't know. What's the answer to that? I'm not, I'm not uh, yeah, really sure. Well, so, yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing that would be troublesome is if things are handed out or awards are given uh, merely of going, okay, so you're going to now open a door for me in another area. Right. The, that kind of, I don't know, favoritism, yeah. uh, or I'm not sure what I want to say about that. Yeah, but
0: So, I have one last thing I want to talk about. Did you have anything else? No, before I'm done. We, Okay, so just to kind of bring this back to the, the faith realm here. Yeah. As Christians, and we spoke to this a little bit at the beginning of the episode, why is it worth our time to pay attention to and understand the different issues that are raised in award shows, both from the films that win and from the speeches being made? Why do we why, first of all, my, my two questions. Why is it important that we engage and actually pay attention to those things? And then two, how how is it that we can engage with those things as Christians as opposed to simply as Americans or as conservatives or as liberals or, or whatever? So why is it important, and how do we engage with these things in sort of a Christ-centered manner?
1: Yeah, the first thing is um, we're always going to walk this weird line of being in the world but not of the world. Yeah. And what that means is people go, well, if I'm going to watch that award show, I'm only going to get slimed by garbage. Yeah. Well, quite frankly, you're going to get slimed by garbage walking down the street <laughs> yeah. So because you're going to hit by, get hit by advertising. God does not call us to hide out in a fortress. Um, we are to be shining lights in the world. Well, the only way you can shine is if it's dark around you, right? So if you're always in light and then you're a light, you're not very helpful. So I think that it doesn't mean that we only, you know, slum right in our (laughs) lives. What it means is, is you got to know what's going on. Because here's the other thing that I hear a lot from Christians is, wow, that caught me off guard. I didn't even see that coming. Now there's a big new law that is affecting my faith. And you go, what do you mean you didn't see that coming? Yeah. Man, you saw that coming a million miles away if you would have been paying attention to the news, right. if you would have paid attention to culture, if you would have paid attention. And then we claim ignorance. Oh, yeah. this all just came out of nowhere. Right. No, no, no. God, uh, just even wisdom, yeah. gave you this long view to go, here it's coming. Yep. So if you, I think that all Christians need to know what's going on. Now, yep. if we want to make it super religious, you go, yep. so that you might be able to pray about those issues. Yep. Now, I don't think a lot of Christians are watching it and then praying about it. I think we should. Yeah. When you say, how do you engage with it as a Christian as opposed to just a person? I would say that everything is reviewed through a biblical lens, yeah. right? So when I hear uh, something from Ricky Gervais yeah. and you go, okay, I can listen through a lens of just being offended because of the manner in which he did it. Yeah. Or I can listen to it through and go, how much is he poking at something that God's irritated by? And I'm going, boom, he just nailed that, 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 and that these things are not acceptable and he's calling them out yeah go god yeah that's awesome yeah and you go well god can't work th- god works through everything <laughs> yeah and so to me the idea of saying i'm going to take a biblical worldview. view Place it over that, and then begin to sort. Right. That's kind of how I engage with stuff. What about you? What do you? No, I I think
0: that that's that's really important, and and ultimately, it comes down to to me. It's a question of discipleship, right? Uh, My ability to engage with the world as a Christian depends on what is discipling me, right? Right. If I'm uh, if I am spending more time and energy um, reading the news than I am investing in a biblical worldview, then I'm going to have a I'm going to have a a worldview that is Bent by what I read in the news, which yes. has its own you know, challenges, right? right. And I'm going to engage with the world in that manner. If I'm paying attention to uh, highly partisan, you know, Republican or, or uh, conservative or liberal stuff, I'm going to have a conservative view of the world or a liberal view of the world as opposed to a, a biblical view of the world, right. uh, which I don't mean to present biblical as in between those two things. I think it's entirely different. Um, so I think that number one, if we're going to engage with anything we see as Christians, it's a matter of discipleship. What are we allowing to influence us the most, yes. which is a live issue in my life and in your life yes. and everyone else's life. And then from there, I think it is it is reasonable people can, can disagree and come to different conclusions on, okay, so how much attention do we give to these things? Because our attention is limited. Uh, how much attention would I have given to the Golden Globes if we weren't going to do a podcast about it? To be honest, not a ton probably not a lot. so i'm not sitting here to say oh hey you got to watch the golden globe so that you can be you know culturally relevant and this and that like right. hi i'm a hypocrite right that's what yep. that would communicate but i do think there is some balance that we need to strike between like you said not simply staying where the light is all the time and recognizing what is going on out in the world what are issues that people care about if we can get past some of the challenging ways in which issues are presented where is where is God's heart? I love what you said. Like kind of where is God's heart represented in what I'm right. seeing? Does God care about climate change? Does God care about injustice? Does God care about these different issues that are circulating? And again, reasonable people can come to different conclusions about those things, but I think to recognize them and to care about them and to think deeply about them and to pray and be like, God, is there something in me that you are wanting to to change or transform through what I'm observing in culture? Not so that we're becoming like culture, but so that God might even somehow use culture to draw us closer to his heart. Now there are. I'm resisting the urge to give a million caveats to everything totally. that I just said. So there's wisdom that has to sure. come down to all of that. But um, it, you know, I think those are just some general principles that we can use when when we're engaging in whatever areas of culture interest us the most, or whatever areas of culture are relevant to people that we're seeking. To influence
1: I, I think the other thing and not to i don't want to encourage the demon behind every rock concept but there's also an idea of looking at a culture and just being wise about where the enemy is advancing things yeah uh for example you know not and not just going with the obvious um it was it was interesting um one of the things in 2017 when uh they were they were highlighting a bunch of stuff about uh equal pay yeah. And they're like, Jennifer Lawrence, you know, came out and was, you know, talking about the need for equal pay. Yeah. That's really awesome. Because yeah. how could a woman ever live on $52 million a year? <laughs> right? And th- like that. Yeah. And they were talking about the outlandish amount of money. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I go, is the enemy, did the Lord just call something out in terms of materialism? Because mm-hmm. everybody wants to go, oh, well, I saw this agenda, this agenda, that's the enemy. And you go, well, don't you think that the enemy might be a little bit more subtle than that? Hmm. Don't you think that maybe God was just trying to expose something real quick, real fast, and going, the amount of money we're talking about and that inability to share and be part of the kingdom of God, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Where we're so ready to attack the big issues, right. and you go, the enemy slipped one in, and God called him out on it. Right. I love that stuff. Yeah. And so to me, I think just being able to have a sensitivity not only to what God's doing— but also a sensitivity to go. The enemy doesn't get to just come through without a you know with a pass. Yeah, I'm going to no, hold it accountable well and go. Nope. Yeah, not no, on my watch. That's not.
0: Yeah, that's not it. So
1: good. All right. Well, there we go. What we learned from the Golden Globes. Did that really take an hour? That really took an hour.
0: <laughs> I feel like there's so much more that could be said, as usual, but we'll call it there. If you watched, hope you uh, enjoyed it. And more than that, I hope that maybe this episode might inspire you as you're consuming media or or sports or whatever it is that you're into, that you would uh, perhaps view these things a little bit more critically, not in the sense of trying to be negative, but in the, in the sense of really trying to understand what it is you're looking at, what you're viewing, how our faith influences the way uh, that we think about and respond to all of these sorts. Of issues. So that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks for another episode of Engaging Culture. Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Music is used under the Creative Commons license and is provided by Dexter Britain.